Sisters, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a privilege uh, to be with you all this morning. How many, again, glad uh, to be in the house of God? Amen. amen. This is truly the day that the Lord has made. And so before we get started, uh, many of you know that uh, our teens, amen, went down to Spring Lake, North Carolina. Amen. And so most of you got in the pictures, our teens, uh, you know, have come back, stirred her some great things uh, in regards. So we do have a few uh, reports. Um, and so uh, let's give a, a warm clap for our sisters, Kiana, Nayeli, and Anaya. Hi, for those who do not know me, I'm Anaya, and I did go to Spring Lake. It was amazing. Like, the ride there was hilarious with everyone in the car, like, rapping and making stupid jokes. But really just getting, like, relationships there, also making new friends, and, you know, just enjoying, like, seeing what also what the Spring Lake teens do and, you know, having the inspiration of what I can do myself, you know, also listening to the sermons and, you know, really taking it into heart because, you know, most of these kids these days don't really want to do anything, and I want to make an impact, you know, and, like, just share with, with everyone else, you know? And I do encourage whoever did not go um, this time to, like, next, next time when there's an opportunity to really take the time out to go because it will really, really be a great idea, too. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Kiana. Um, we went down to Spring Lake on Friday. Um, at first, you know, I mostly went for my sister because I don't like when she's like, you know, by herself and I just want to make sure she was okay. But on the way up there, um, it wasn't even awkward. We rode with the Hampton bus, you know, everybody was open, everybody was talking. Um, we got down there and like, I kind of expected it to be kind of like clicky, I guess, but like everybody was just talking to you. Everybody was like, it was like, like a bigger family than, you know, the one we have now. Um, I really liked the second sermon, but the first sermon was basically about, like, your oil. Like, you can't live off of somebody else's oil. Like, just because my parents are saved doesn't mean that I'm automatically going to make heaven my home. Um, I really liked the second sermon from Pastor Brooks. Um, it was, um, he was basically talking about, like, you know, what you conquer in secret matters. You don't have to, like, do something so extravagant. Like, just because nobody else sees it doesn't mean that God doesn't see it and that he's not, you know, acknowledging you for your accomplishments and, you know, your relationship with him. The altar call, everybody went up there. Um, he asked this question that I didn't really think applied to me at the time until, like, all the emotions just came and it was kind of like, oh, this does apply to me. He asked, he was like, if, you know, raise your hand if you're angry with God. And so, you know, I raised my hand and I just felt all these emotions because I felt like, you know, he left me. I felt like, you know, he's left me alone and I didn't like, I didn't know what to do. You know, I just raised my hand and he said, just let it go. Just let all of it go. And, you know, we prayed and I felt like so much better after that. And after that, I ate some more food. There was so much food. Like they cooked so much and it was so good. Um, but yeah, we saw everybody. It was nice seeing everybody from Norfolk and, you know, Hampton and Spring Lake. The music was amazing. And, you know, if you haven't gone to one of the rallies, I know there's going to be one next year, I think the 7th and 8th. Um, but if you haven't gone and you're able to, if you're too old, don't go. But, you know, um, it'll really change your life. Like, I went, you know, for another reason for her. But, you know, it, it really made an impact on me, and I'm really glad that I went. So. Hi, 
Oh, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Nayeli, and I went to the Spring Lake, uh, the teen rally in Spring Lake. The, the car ride over felt like it took forever. Like, it felt long, but it was worth it whenever we got there. We ate, and then we had a service, and it was, I forgot what the pastor's name was, but it was a teen leader in Spring Lake. And he was, he was pretty much saying how Kiana said, like, you can't live off, off of other people's wine. And, like, you have to have enough for yourself, like, to be ready whenever God comes back. And the next day we woke up and, uh, oh, yeah, we went on outreach. And the outreach was pretty good. We were there for, like, 30 minutes because, like, everything was, like, crazy. And... Um, Afterwards, it was Pastor Brooks' sermon about, dang, I'm blinking right now. Um, hmm? Oh, yeah, okay, it was like, <laughs> it was like about what you conquer like whenever other people aren't watching. And it was, it was pretty great. Like, but the main thing that was like, stood out to me was altar call. Like, I went up, and everybody everybody else went up afterwards. And, like, there was, like, pretty pretty much, like, everybody was crying. Like, it was, it was pretty crazy. And then we were talking afterwards, me and some other people, and we were saying, like, how the ground felt like it was kind of moving. And it was funny because somebody said, like, they thought it was after effects from the hotel elevator. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so it was it had a big impact on my life and now i just want to make an impact on other people here in newport news so yeah that's it <laughs> hallelujah amen so our teens had a great time uh, down there amen uh, Again, invest in your teens. You know, these things that they're having, and, you know, is really a, a blessing. And, you know, I tell our teenagers, stick with it. You know, uh, and it's good. You know, they have their lane to where they can be ministered to, spoken to, and so awesome things. Amen. Praise God. Have more testimonies tonight and, and in the following uh, days. If you have your Bibles, if you can turn with me to the book, the book of John, the Gospel of John. Starting at chapter 15, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Book of John, chapter 15, 9 through 17. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, most people have um, something that identifies them. You know, many times, you know, some of us, uh, you know, have these things called birthmarks. Raise your hand if you got a birthmark. See, I know what I'm talking about. I went lying. But most of us have some type of birthmark or something or maybe a scar that you remember or et cetera that, you know, that, you know, kind of for you personally, it identifies you. 
We see this in other areas. How many know restaurants have their own trademark? In other words, their own marketing, something that, uh, uh, you know, uh, resembles. So, uh, like, I'm going to test you out. You, you, know, you see that restaurant, they got that big gold yellow M in the sky. What is that? Yeah. Right. It don't matter if you go to China, Russia, or Australia, McDonald's. <laughs> because it's what it's known for. It's its trademark, if you will. How many know designers are different clothes, different uh, fashion people? They have, uh, you know, their symbol. You know, uh, it could be Tommy Hilfiger, right? Uh, most of us that know how that's, uh, uh, that trademark look, you can identify a Tommy Hilfiger shirt. How about polo? We know Ralph Lawrence's polo, uh, usually uh, that, uh, that symbol is a, is a horse with, with one jockey on it, right? We know that's a polo. But if you got two jockeys on your horse, it's a no-low. Okay? Just want to just make sure. You know. When I said that joke, I had to make sure that nobody had a no-low on in here. If you got one online, I apologize. But you know what I'm saying? Everything has a trademark or something. A lot of times when criminals make do crimes and various different things and the investigator comes on the scene and they, they get a, 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 some type of identification of this uh, of the criminal, the one thing they would ask the witness, uh, did they have any type of marks? Did they have any type of tattoos? Something that identifies them. Most of our uh, people that wear uniforms can be identified, um, you know, different attires. How I many know you can look at a doctor's outfit or fireman or police officer and identify what type of job they have? You know, likewise, church, God has established a mark and made it very clear by which he identifies his children and what they should be known by. And that mark this morning is the mark of love. And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled A Believer's Birthmark. Because I believe that at the end of the day, regardless of what we do, how we act, or what we accomplished. As the Apostle Paul says, he said, if you don't have love, you have nothing. And so this is a, a central part of Christianity that uh, people identify us as people that love. Because how many know the very essence of God himself is love? And when people identify us and begin to uh, 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 communicate with us, and as we begin to demonstrate love, listen, this is uh, the Christian's birthmark, if you will. Turn with me to John 15, 9 through 17, and it reads, As the Father loved me, I also love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your name, your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I love you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my, from my father, I have made known to you. Verse 16. So you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. 
and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask um, the Father in my name, he may give you these things I command you, that you love one another. Let us pray, church. Heavenly Father, I ask God right now, God, God, you will help us, God, as Christians, those proclaiming to be our children of you, God. God let, God, let us be able to be identified with love, God, that we're demonstrating love, God. Oh, God, to a world, God, that's looking for answers, God, let us show them the real meaning uh, of what love is, God. God, I let our life, God, speak uh, to this, God. God, I pray, God, move powerfully um, upon your people, God. We thank you, God. Um, oh, as we walk and carry the believers of birthmark uh, of love, I ask, God, you will saturate us, God, uh, in love this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. You know, there are many things uh, on the surf surface uh, in a person's heart that can be considered love. I know people have a way of expressing love or defining love in their own way. You know, the Greeks had a good sense to break love down on four levels. In the word of story game, which means a, a kinship. This is the love uh, that that family have towards one another. It's a natural uh, 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 affection of love uh, that those that are kin have for each other. The other one is filiae, uh, uh, and it, which is was friendship. This is maybe a bro or or a friend or you know your homeboy, homeboy, whatever the case may be. But it's a friendship. Then there was eros, which is a sexual and romantic type love. And finally, you get to the divine love that we know as agape. The Greeks begin to break uh, these different uh, definitions of what love is. You know, when the word love comes to people's mind, thoughts of what a person can come, what comes to people's mind, for instance, I mean, no, uh, a lot of times when you think about people, uh, you know, that, that believe that they're in love, they always hear that, sl that slogan that love make people do stupid things. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll come back to that. Love is divine, defined by some on the basis as long as you're doing something for me uh, or saying yes to my needs. But the moment that you use the word no, now no one loves you. Some folks say that love is an overrated emotion or a feeling. You know, in our day, most define love as some type of feeling. Um, you know, we fall in love or two people meet, uh, love at first sight, uh, you're attracted to this person, etc. Sometimes it's emotionally. See, love for some may be about connecting with a person emotionally. Love uh, someone, their fate uh, becomes intertwined with yours. It's like a mother and a child, you know, when, when the child hurts, they hurts. But what is love really? How does it look? How is it broken down from a biblical perspective? Because people define love differently, and a common trap is for uh, uh, many people that they assume uh, that uh, love is speaking to the same things that they're speaking to. And see, there may be some truth in all of these concerning love, but for the body of Christ, the believers, how many know we evaluate love through Jesus Christ? Can you say amen? I want to look at the birthmark of love. Because see, if we're going to do anything that's going to please God, it first starts right here with love. 
If we're going to serve God, uh, if you're going to walk uh, in the things of God, it is here where we become identified. You know, a trademark is a word or words that's legally registered or established by use as representing a company or a product. And see, likewise, love this morning is the trademark of our Heavenly Father. How many know love is the very essence of who God is? Isn't that, you know, this God that uh, he, he loves us, but he is love. The very nature of him is love. See, as children of God, we must uh, have this birthmark of love in all that we do as believers in Christ Jesus. And believers know if, if we're going to serve God, how many know we have to be identified by love? I want to look at love demonstrated because a true mark of love is demonstrated. See, if a person uh, say they love God, uh, then this uh, means they have to be demonstrated through obedience. How many believe that? How many know that it has become so easy that people have thrown this word love around? Uh, I love God. Uh, I, you know, I do love God. You ain't going to tell me I don't love God. I've been loving God forever. Well, are you obedient? Because this, this is where the proof is at, right here. The scripture says in verse 10 in our text that uh, gives you and I this morning indication of how we attain it. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. See, there is indeed a link between love and obedience. In other words, this morning, church, uh, saying that you love, uh, God has to be connected. Uh, that has to be connected to being obedient to him. Obedience can't be absent from the equation if a person said they loves God. Many times, again, this is the evidence. Jesus said, listen, uh, it's going to be more than just lip service if you love me. In other words, this has to be demonstrated. He said, those who love me keep my commandments. Jesus says, if, if, if you keep, keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. See, the Lord connected true discipleship with obedience to his command and honoring his word this morning. Jesus fulfilled this in regard to his father. The disciples must fulfill it in regard to Jesus. God says, if you love me, uh, obey my commandments. See, we can't claim uh, to demonstrate God's love to the world if we first are not obedient. We won't be able to demonstrate God's love if we, those that are proclaiming to be believers, aren't obedient to the word of God. And see, that's why, you know, we have to all begin to, you know, and again, again, we can throw that word love around so much, but what is it? Because as it pertains to living for God, God said, those who love me keep my commandments. In other words, uh, you, you can't say you love me, you just live any kind of way. You can't say you are love or you have love or you know what love is if you're not obedient to me first. Uh, that definition of love comes from my very essence, not what the world says love is. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him. And keep his commandments again to a thousand generations. Uh, we see it over and over again. God is repeatedly making the point. Uh, if you really love me uh, and you're going to ever demonstrate love, it has to come through obedience first. Everything else is talk. 
Again, we can't make the claim of having love if we refuse to be obedient. We cannot make the claim to know God and not have love. You know, you talk to people sometimes and, and they'll argue down, I love God with a joint and a 40 in one hand. And you know, and because you read the scriptures, you know what the Bible says. It's like, I hear you, because we can get so emotional as humans, you know. You know, we swear we love and we know what love is. That's because you never read the Bible. See, this is broken down that love starts with us being in line with the scriptures. Can you say amen? Think about people in the world. I mean, again, have these all these definitions of what love is. See, this is also in the house of God among believers. You know, it's staggering to know how many people claim to know God, but then they don't love people. How are we going to love God but don't love people? How do we claim to love God uh, but won't give a man uh, into the local church? Claim to love God but harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts towards the brethren. See, if we want to walk in this walk but don't have love in our hearts, church, where I believe we're deceiving ourselves. You know, a Saul, King Saul, you know, appeared and had his moments where it appeared that he loved God, but every second he got, he kept trying to throw the javelin at David and kill him. See, Christ's love this morning is identified by action. Verse 13, he says, No greater love has no one than this, than to lay uh, down his life for his friends. See, love uh, this uh, morning uh, uh, has to be identified by action. It can't just be lip service. If you say you love God, it has to be action uh, that follows that. There has to be a line of an obedience that comes with that church. You know, man, if most people in the world knew this love that we're talking about right here, he said, you know, uh, for, uh, he, he said that would lay down their life. For their friends, if most people in the world knew of this love right here, only if people understood them, this principle right here, I think many hideous crimes that we see in our world today wouldn't be. They understood love. Laying down your life, not taking life. See, us having love for one another will allow others to see and seek Jesus. See, we need the we, we, when you come down, you begin to look at stuff. Uh, listen, uh, uh, how we treat each other matters, church, because it's a demonstration of God's love. See, the first evidence that a person is operating in love is those that are obedient. You think about Abraham uh, and his sacrifice. Uh, the Bible says that, you know, uh, uh, but when he trusted and believed in God, uh, the Bible says that God called Abraham righteous. Noah was willing to build an ark when he had the whole world that was possibly ridiculing him and laughing at him. But what I'm saying is, church, uh, regardless of what everybody else was doing, his love for, their love for God uh, was uh, demonstrated by their obedience to what God said. And can I tell you, church, it has to be the same for us. You're here this morning. Maybe you're new in the faith. You've given your life to Jesus. You've made a decision. Praise God for that decision uh, but if we're going to walk in the things of God, if you're going to continue, see, there's a difference from just kind of loving, you know, loving the things of God and falling in love with God. 
I mean, that's a difference. I can love something, but when you fall in love with something, how many know it changes the, the ball game? I don't just love my wife. I'm in love with Terry. Amen. That's the difference. It's not I just I love things about her or, or love. no, no, I'm in love. It's when you're in love with something, uh, then, there, you know, that shows that there's things uh, that are off limit. Things can't come in and enter and stir me because I don't just love this. I'm in love with it. It has me. It grips me. It has all of my attention. Uh, that is how it has to be with our relationship with God. No, no, are you in love with God? That's the question. That separates different things because how many of the enemy is on a prize, on an attack? And your love for God that we said we got, that's going to get tested. And I think those that just love God, these are the ones that's kind of just kind of walk kind of, you know, in and out like a wavering. But those that are in love, that are saturated in his presence. Amen. That church ain't just born, but you can't wait to get there. I know there ain't none of y'all. Y'all, that's y'all. I can't just wait to get here. And I get it. I'll be lying if I say I just can't wait to get to church. Man, boom. It's kind of nice sometimes. But at the end of the day, it's about being in love with God, church. Romans 5, 8 says, Commit of his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's somebody who's in love with somebody. Somebody didn't deserve his grace, his love, yet he died for us. You know, the lost sinner living in rebellion and sin is still loved by the Lord. He loved uh, uh, them enough to die for them and pay his sin and debt while they were still sinning against him. Love needs to be communicated. John 15, 12 said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Love can't just be, again, something that we just say it has to be communicated. You can't say that uh, uh, you love your spouse, uh, except, you know, but you never communicate it. Girl, you know I love you. See how far that gets you. Girl, you know I told you I love you last year. You know I tell you I, I love you, you know, on the holidays. No, that has to be communicated in actions. On a daily basis. People can tell how much me and my wife love each other. By just look, if y'all ever get our phone, just look at our call log. See, my sugar bear, my honey. My sugar bear, my honey. My sugar bear, my honey. Like, do anybody else call y'all besides each other? <laughs> but it's, it's communicated. Love needs to be present in our speech. How many know it's important that we speak to people in love in a world filled with hatred and anger? Love needs to be communicated in our demeanors and how we're looking, uh, how we appear. You know, people are going to read you just based on just, you know, how you're looking. I get it. One of the most important acts of love that is needed to be communicated is as we encounter people. Especially folks we're meeting the first time. Greeting folks at the door. Amen. Folks coming in from the, out of the world, amen, need friends. And listen, uh, we need, uh, you know, working with people, all the communicating love. It has to be demonstrated. How I many know love requires work? Love isn't just something you say that you have or something we think we know. See, love uh, that we as believers are to have will require work. A humbleness on our part, a selfless attitude to most things. Because I know some things ain't lovable. Right? 
Some things like, oh, Lord, help me with this. Help me with this situation. Help me with that. If they look at me wrong today, that's going to be the day. And I don't know what's going to happen that day, but it's going to be a bad day. Oh, it's just me be doing that. Okay. Love requires work. Now you got to work at it. See, the world's love is based on other stuff, church. The world love does not give. The world does not, uh, does not give love where it does not benefit. See, if you do not please uh, me, you know, it's like this one. If you don't please me, then I don't give it back. See, for the world, love must be earned by, you know, making someone else feel good, etc. The world considers love in the midst of wrong agreements. You know, things like, you know, love and stupidity. Sometimes they go together. It's not supposed to, but it do. You know, like the girl that take the rap for her man. He a dope dealer. They didn't caught him. He about to do 50 years to the, to the gate. And she steps in and she takes, ain't never so dope in her entire life, but she take the bid all because she loved him. No, that's stupid. Yeah. That ain't love. But again, the world got this thing twisted. Oh, I just love him. I just spend the rest of my life behind bars eating when people tell me to. I love him. While he out there loving somebody else. See, people have cross-threaded love with, with dumbness. You know, I died for my homie, but you're the only one dead. They shot you, they didn't even shoot your homie. I go, man, I go to the grave for him. Well, yeah, you went there first. Man, let's go get them jokers, man. Y'all go outside, you're the only one standing out there. They, <laughs> they didn't lock the doors. <laughs> that happened to us before one time. Locked us out, and I'm like, man, you know, I was, I was just playing, bro. I wasn't, I wasn't even trying. What? I just met them, bro. They scared and a real story. Locked us out. I ain't friends with them no more. <laughs> but, you know, all this, you know, this interaction of what love is, and it's not love. Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. See, the first problem with this type of Love uh, 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 that the world betrays is that it's in error with God. Because in First John 2, 15 and 7, it says, Do not love the world. Come on, somebody. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, the love of the Father is not in them. See, many times we make the mistake of trying to love this world that doesn't love you back. Can you say amen? You know, this uh, probably for those that can remember, there was an a R&B singer uh, that came out in the uh, 90s. Um, a name, uh, 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 a man by the name of Montel Jordan. You remember him? Had that one hit song, This is how we do it. That guy. Some of y'all are like, Y'all listened to that yesterday. I'm going to see you in the after service. <laughs> but you remember that song? Maybe you hear it in the stores or whatever, and you know, he, you know, he had this song. You know, he's from California, and you know, he's just your typical R&B guy. He wasn't no game banger. Actually, in his songs, he talked about how the game bangers forgot about the drive-bys and all this different type of stuff, and you know, and it was a hit song. Well, I seen this documentary on him a couple years ago. He actually got powerfully saved. Powerfully saved. I'm talking about converted, got a testimony, and. 
they're interviewing him. They're talking about, you know, his life as a Christian. And, you know, but he comes to that point and asks him, like, what made you change? And he said, being in the height of being this celebrity and I got the money, I got the girls, I got the jewelry. I'm, the, you know, I got this hit single in California that's banging all the, you know, I got all this attention. He said, at the end of the day, with all the success, all the millions, it's still left from empty. And he said, I, he said, I got tired of loving a world that don't love me back. That was his comment. He said, I'm tired of loving on a world that doesn't love me back. In other words, the lifestyle, his career that he loved, uh, all these things that he poured his time into, uh, all the love he gave, uh, you know, in return, it didn't love, it back, love him back. The only thing it brought back to him was depression, he said. The only thing it brought back to him was suicidal thoughts. The only thing it brought back to him is I, I can't please everybody, even with my money. And can I tell you, church, uh, listen, uh, that's why we don't love the things in the world, uh, number one, because God said not to. But on the practical level, it cannot love you back. It cannot give you what you've put in. This is what Montel Jordan was saying. He said, I just begin to look at my lifestyle and I'm putting all my, but this world don't really love me back. When I stop giving people money, uh, they stop hanging around. They don't love me back. If you're loving the things of this world is foolish, you can't love you back. Secondly, I want to look at what love got to do with it. <laughs> like, Pastor, you own one. You've been listening to all these songs. I promise y'all, man, I have it. Just, it's in the sermon, man, you know. But you know the song. What love got to do. Y'all gonna tell Pastor on me in Africa. <laughs> but, and, and you know, this uh, Tina Turner, if you know, she just passed away. God bless her. Uh, one of the icons in, in music, etc. But this was one of her main songs, What Love has to do with it. And it came from a desperation, uh, you know, uh, from her marriage uh, with the infamous Ike Turner. You know anything about this couple? They were constantly fighting and, and arguing. I ain't talking about fighting. I mean, he would beat her blue. Beat her blue. They did drugs together, etc. I mean, decades after decades with this man, uh, you know, fighting and carrying on. And, and this song, she gets inspired to do this song based on her relationship. And she came to a point that this man who said he loves me, yet treat me this way, yet cheat on me and beat me, what love has to do with it? But it's just a secondhand emotion. And I understand her cry. I understand uh, where she's at. I understand because she's looking at, hey, if you love me, you're doing this, and I don't want love. Song takes off, and we know it today, what love has to do with it. But can I tell you in the Christian realm, Love has everything to do with it. Love this morning has everything to do with you and I as we walk this earth as believers. Verse 12, it says, uh, this is my commandment that you love one another as I love you. See, it has everything to do with it. It has everything. See, as a Christian, 
All those desiring to be one this morning. Um, see, the word of God assesses and defines the, the word of love this way. We call it the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Uh, it begins to give off a, a, a lot of definitions that define love. It says, love is patience and it suffers long. In other words, uh, when you I remember when you're in love with something, even in this walk uh, as Christians uh, and the ups and downs and the circumstances that change, uh, the fact that we know this is for the long haul, the Bible says love is patience. See, again, we can cross-thread love with just emotions and just loving something. No, love also involves the tough things. Being patient. Love is patient. It suffers long. It's kind. Sometimes we don't want to be kind. But this is the definition of love. It, it, it does not envy. It does not boast. It's not as proud. We don't always hold, a, you know, serve to this scripture. We're the opposite. It does not behave rudely. None of us never did that. It is not self-seeking. That's the other church, not this one. It is not easily angered. I don't get angry. It keeps no record of wrong. That ain't us. We don't, we don't bring stuff back up to people. Come on, Paul. What are you talking about here, man? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Love always protects and trusts, always hopes, perseveres, endure all things. Love never fails. What I'm saying, church, is love has everything to do with it. See, nothing we do without love matters, church. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, as we begin to wind down, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if I don't love, uh, it don't matter how good I can play the, the good talk like Jimi Hendrix. I can sing like Mariah Carrier. If I ain't got love, I have nothing. I'm just making sounds. If I have the gift of prophecy and can phantom all the mysteries and knowledge, Paul said, if I have faith that I can move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, to death, but don't have love, I got nothing. See, love is a big thing this morning, church. It's a really big thing. How you look at people, how you respond. How you think about yourself. You know, some, we, we are our, our worst enemies many times. The lies we tell ourselves. Nobody said them to you, but you. Do you love yourself? God created you. You are made in the image of God. See, Paul is saying that the sacrifice of one's life can be, ultimate, can, can, can be the ultimate act of love. But it's also possible to make such a sacrifice still with wrong motives. Again, God said you can have all the faith in the world. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these remain. Faith, love, Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Even when compared to hope and faith, love is the greatest. So do you have love, God's love, operating in your life, operating in your friendship, operating in your ministry, operating in ministry, things that you're uh, uh, serving? See, us having love for the things of God, it shows a uh, 
where our heart is at towards the things of God, church. Lastly, I want to look at remaining in Christ's love. Because this is a challenge right here. This is the challenge. Oh, I, I can know I need to love. I know I need to have Christ's love in my heart. But listen, uh, remaining in Christ's love. Jesus says, abiding, abiding in the Father in love. See, if we are to remain in the Father's love, uh, then how many know we must be abiding in him tonight, this morning? See, love isn't found um, in your local love doctor this morning. Can you say amen? Love ain't found in Dr. Phil and Oprah. All right? They don't know what love is. Don't care what they say. But it's in Jesus Christ. As the Father loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. See, remaining in the love of Christ would be a matter of the will, church. See, emotions may accompany, uh, may, may accomplish, uh, accompany uh, a love, but it is the commitment that of the will that holds true biblical love steadfast that is unchanging. See, how many know emotions uh, change? Right? Your emotions change. Based on your emotions and where they may be uh, this morning, you know, uh, it, it can begin to change. Emotions is defined as a natural, instinctive state of a mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, relationship with others. And see, emotions, uh, again, it may accompany love, uh, but love will be conquered by the will to love, church. Jesus' love for us in going to the cross was a matter of the will, not emotion. A matter of the will. Them beating him, them cursing him, them humiliating him, uh, spitting on him, uh, that wasn't an emotion that got him to the cross. That was a matter of will. And I'm telling you, if we're going to love the things of God and hate the things that God hates uh, and, and, and fall in and stay fell in love with God, uh, listen, it has to be the matter of the will, not our emotions. You know, it's sad to hear people to say how they used to love God and used to love the things of God. It's bad when everything about God is past tense and none of it's present or in the future. See, true biblical love is a matter of the will this morning. Not of emotion. God chose to love us and his love was not based on, uh, you know, uh, our merit in any way. And again, church, we're going to make an impact to the world. and Shows God's love to the world and to each other is going to be demonstrated by the willpower to love. Can you say amen? Have every head bow, every eye closed in respect to your neighbor. This morning. Hallelujah. A believer's birthmark. You're here this morning and you're under the sound of my voice. Perhaps this is your first time here at this church and glad you came and encouraged by you being here, but I want to take a few more moments to ask you a question. Do you really truly know the love of God? Are you truly in love with God? Again, the word of God says those who love me, those who claim they know me 
These are the ones that are obedient to my word. And you're here this morning. With no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, respect to your neighbor. You're here this morning. You're not saved. You're not right with God. You say, preacher, I want to get my heart right with Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If you'll be honest with God and acknowledge, listen, God is faithful to forgive and to save. If that is you, raise your hand quickly. You're not saved. You're not right with God. I see that hand. But you want to give your life to Jesus. I see this hand. Praise God. Willing hearts are surrendering their hearts to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone else? Oh, yes, you came to church this morning to hear a word. To hear a word directly to you. You hear, you, you say you love God, that's why you're here. But are you walking in obedience? Are you walking, are you uh, adhering to the commandments of the gospel? And you hear, you say, preacher, I need Jesus Christ. I need to give my heart to God. I haven't uh, been uh, quite obedient. Listen, here's your time. If there's anyone else want to join these honest hearts, you're not saved. You're not right with God. If God came back this morning, you'll be in trouble. If that is you, raise your hand, beloved. Give your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Praise God. Listen, don't miss heaven for no one. Don't miss heaven for no one. You're not right with God. You need prayer. Quickly raise your hand. I believe God's tugging on folks. Change the order of service. Maybe at one point, I see that hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe at one point you were living for God. You were walking with, with God. You were in love with God, but there's been a detour. There's been some chain, a, a reaction, and you've not walking with God no more. As the scripture says, you're not being obedient to the word. And you want to come back to Jesus. Perhaps you were saved, but not now. You're not right. You want to come back to Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand. You want to come back to Jesus quickly. Raise your hand. Amen. I see that hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. A lot of hands going up, church. Listen, I want you to do one more thing. If you raised your hand, I want you to look at me right here. You in the front, right here in the front. There in the back, amen, right here. I want you to come down. Someone's going to pray with you. Come down. You raise your hand. Come down. Someone's going to speak with you. Amen. Right here, I need someone to pray with our brother right here in the front. Hallelujah. Amen. Pray with our brother right here. Hallelujah. I need someone to pray with our sister. Praise God. So I need someone to pray with our brother right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Praise God. There's still time, church. You're not saved, not right with God. And you want to give your life to Jesus, quickly raise your hand. To the church. Are you in love with God? That's my question. Not do you just love God. Are you in love with him? Are you in love with God this morning? If so, walking in obedience. Let's stand all over this place. Let's come. Let's find a place at the altar to worship them. Hallelujah. These altars are open.
Oh, let's make our way, amen. Let's spend quality time at the altar, getting a hold of God. Oh, ask God to move on your heart to work in areas that you know you need help in. Let's cry out to our Father. Hallelujah, God, you're worthy, God. God, we praise your name. Yes, God, hide us in your love, God, and move upon us, God. Yes, God, we love you, God. God, you're worthy. Amen. That's right. These altars are filled. Come down to the altar. Get a hold of God this morning. Oh, God, touch my heart. Touch my mind. Make me whole. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God, we need your presence in this place. Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost this morning coming down on your church. Cry out to God. Tell him how much you love him. Oh, God, cry out to him areas uh, that you know you need to improve in. Oh, surrender your life totally to God this morning. Oh, not looking behind. Moving forward uh, in love with God. In your speech. In your demeanor. Oh, in your prayer life. Oh, how you treat each other. Walk in his love this morning. Oh, God, forgive those that we need to forgive, God. Hallelujah, God, we thank you. Let's stay in church all over this place. Let's sing it out. morning. Can you say amen? amen? Falling in love with God and staying there. Listen, church, we, we got some talented folks in the church, some soul winners in the church, great people, people that love folks, etc. A lot of great things happening, but without love, without love, and we just read them definitions, love is patience. Without love, love holds no record of wrong. Without love, we can do all these things, but it centers here. Amen. Let's stay in love with God. Can you say amen? Because that's it. That, that's, that's the glue. 
That's the glue. That's, that's what cements us right here. We heard it right here. Without love, we have nothing. We have a whole bunch of uh, uh, things that, you know, that come to nothing. And listen, several folks are giving your life to Jesus Christ. Listen, I felt led to say this. Listen, living for God is a decision you have to continue to make every day. That decision you just made, the enemy will challenge that decision. He'll challenge it. Keep coming back to church. Read your Bible. Establish your prayer life. Lock shoulders with brothers and sisters, perhaps those that brought you here. Because that's what it boils down to. And how many know church is our responsibility as we demonstrate love? to help them along the way. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. So praise God. I really feel the presence of God. Amen. Why don't you stretch your hands towards heaven? Why don't you repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, help me to demonstrate your love to you and to people. Help me to walk in your way of obedience as that demonstrates my love for you. Keep my heart pure before you. And my mind, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise again, church. God, you're worthy. God, you're holy. You're worthy, God. God, we praise your mighty name. God, you're able. God, you're holy. Lord, we thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, as we mentioned this morning, uh, if you're a first-time visitor or you've been coming for a few weeks, um, uh, we do have a, a lunch right on the other side of this wall. Go out the building. Uh, we'll be out there. Uh, uh, looking forward to meeting you. Uh, and uh, So stick around so we can get to know you. Praise God again for that decision. We also have a, a second service to, tonight. 5.30 prayer. 6.30 is the service. Total different message. Uh, listen, I tell people that uh, uh, set your day aside for God. Amen. Come back to church. Come back and hear from God. Because listen, this is what it's about. He hearing more of God being involved in the things of God. I challenge you to come back tonight, hear from God. Amen. Let's go. Uh, uh, we have our brother Robert uh, close us in prayer tonight, this morning.